Scripture memory verse tonight, Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give your children good gifts, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? Luke eleven thirteen. Anybody else? good verse at the end of a really good chapter and that's why I want to you know the the context I believe um, is prayer now you might see well you're asking for the Holy Spirit but the context is prayer and I want to get to the Holy Spirit because that's what I've been trying to delve into is to help us understand that we need a relationship with the Holy Spirit See, the father had a plan, and in that plan, he sent his son, and then his son followed the plan of the father and the example of the father, and then he sent back the Holy Spirit. He asked his father to send back the Holy Spirit, and then what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit sends us. So there's this pattern of discipleship going on, but it begins in prayer where we learn to be dependent upon God. And that's really the point that I want to get across. If you were to look back at 11, 1, you would see that this chapter begins with they were praying in a certain place. Do you have a certain place that you're praying? See, because typically if you don't have a certain place that you're praying, you're probably not praying. I really believe that. Now, you might say, oh, that's legalistic, Greg. I can just pray in the shower. I can just pray in the car. I'm supposed to pray without ceasing. Well, you are, and you should be, and your life should be a praise to God. But there should be a place where you sit down and meet with the king sometime in the day where you shut down everything else and you say, I'm dependent upon you. I need you. Even the text that we're talking about right now, I go to God and I say, listen, I have no ability to teach these texts. I have no ability to talk to people about the Bible unless you give it to me through your Holy Spirit. Oh, that's what we're going to talk about. Praying and asking for the Holy Spirit's ability in our life because that is who he's the God. He's God, just like Jesus is, just like the Father is. But the Holy Spirit's a person and the Holy Spirit is how God is interacting with us right now. The Holy Spirit takes everything that belongs to Jesus and he points to him and he wants you to see it because that's the example that we need. And then the Holy Spirit guides us. He teaches us. He equips us. Romans eight fourteen says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. But he wants to send us out. He gives us gifts, we're told in 1 Corinthians 12. Each one of us are given gifts. And so it's so important that we understand that all of our interaction needs to be with the Holy Spirit. When I'm praying daily, I say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to have a relationship with you and the Father and the Son the way that it's supposed to be. You know, because if you have your relationship right with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, then it helps you make your relationships right with people around you. Because the Holy Spirit knows exactly what Greg needs. Listen, you might not need what Greg needs. But the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need. So you need to have a relationship. In fact, it's Romans, what is it? Six? 
Roman in Romans 6. If you go read Romans 6 later, it'll tell you that the Holy Spirit knows the heart of God because he is God. And so he can make intercession for you according to what God wants to do in your life. Now, who can pray better than Jesus for you? Who can pray better than God for you? And then he takes all those things and he works them out for good for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. But it must be in prayer. We should have a certain place. Typically, they would call this chapter the Lord's Prayer. I don't call it the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is in chapter 17 of John, where he prayed for himself and asked the Father to glorify him with the glory that he had before. And then he prayed for his disciples. Then he prayed for you and me. I think that's the Lord's Prayer. So he goes on in prayer, and we'll talk about this, but does anybody else want to try to do the memory verse? speaker is going to pick that up but with your vocal cords they sometimes don't come through so again anybody else want to try it luke 11 13 if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children how much more shall it your heavenly father give the holy give the holy spirit to them that ask him luke 11 13 yeah now the king james doesn't have him capitalized and i think it should be capitalized so I just want to point that out there. It's uh, it's in small case, and it needs to be capitalized because the hymn is referring to uh, the Father, right? New King James has it capitalized. It does. Mine does too. You could tell by the way I spoke. No, I just know that. I already know that. I, I, I actually studied it. It wasn't the way you spoke it at like a small age. No. Uh, so again, the text is about prayer. But what are we praying for? We're praying for the Holy Spirit who can give us every good thing that we need. Because, see, sometimes we pray amiss. You know, we'll pray amiss and we'll ask for something that we don't really need. And the Holy Spirit is there to protect us so that we don't ask for something that's wrong. So the Holy Spirit is always there. And you should understand that he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to guide you. He wants to teach you. He wants to give you good gifts. And he's already prepared them uh, beforehand that you should walk in them. And, and so we want him to lead us in them. We want to make sure that he's taking us into the word of God to help us understand what we need to know for that day. See, because the Holy Spirit will even do that. And so then he goes on, and, and I think it's in, I mean, he goes through an entire text here. I don't want to teach the whole chapter, but about somebody coming and being persistent. See, we need to persistently not bug God, but be dependent upon God. See, being persistent in prayer and continual in prayer and praying without ceasing and being persistent is because we need to know the heart of God. We don't change God when we pray. He changes us when we surrender to him in prayer and we need to be dependent upon him in prayer so about a guy wanting some bread and he comes and he knocks on the door and god wants us to come to the throne room and be there knocking and he actually says in verse 9 11 9 so i say to you ask and it will be given you seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you see that's persistency and in the greek 
It has a tense where it's, it's a continual. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And that's what we want to do. And then he says in 11, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, this is our verse, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What are you asking God for? Are you asking him for the things that you need for life? Are you asking him selfishly for things like, I want this, I want that, I want this? Listen, we want to be conformed. We want to be in line with what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's conforming us into the image of Jesus, to the children of God, his house, how to live as his citizens in his house in heaven. So I want to ask the Holy Spirit for what he thinks I need. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to equip me to do his work, his way, in his will, for his glory. Not just ask to take care of my flesh. See, if everything's about the spirit, and it is, it's about the spiritual realm, and we are to be conformed, we should not always just be an asking for fleshly things. Now, now listen, if we ask for the right things, he'll throw in all the fleshly things. And I don't mean that you need to go out and party and have fun. I'm talking about he'll provide for all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But we have to set our hearts first on what does he say in Matthew 6.33? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these other things will be added. This stuff down here, does, I mean, God's after souls, and this stuff down here is corrupt, it's evil, just like we were. See, and I say were, as long as we're walking in the spirit or looking to do the work of God, we're not evil anymore. We were born evil, we had a, a sin nature, and if you look at this word and you look it up in the Greek, there's several words for evil. This one does not mean intrinsically. It does not mean your character or your nature anymore. This just means in effect or influence. So you and I can do evil things, but now we have a position in Christ that is righteous. Our position now in Christ is righteous. Does that mean that we can't do evil things? No, we still can sin. We still can do dumb things. We can still be fools when the Bible says uh, that the fool has said in his heart, no to God. If I sin or I do something that God's telling me not to do or his word clearly, and I know that I'm not supposed to do it, that's evil. All sin is evil. But intrinsically, in me, my character, I have a new nature that God gave me a new heart, and it's righteous in Christ. That's my position that sets me free to learn not to do the evil that I used to do. But in this that he's speaking, he's saying, if you then being evil with your influence and your effect on people can still discern how to give, you can still see how to give good gifts to your children. Now, listen, be careful with that, because sometimes we give our children good gifts and it hurts them. So we got to be careful with that. But no is to perceive or understand, to give, deliver up, grant or bestow. Good is something that's honorable, upright, benefits them, presence, right? Notice this. If we know how to do that, how much more? Notice the how much more? How much more? You're doing it to your personal children. It says your children. It's a personal relationship. 
how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, again, that's possession. Your heavenly father. That's, that's a personal thing. Uh, it mean, and to children's offspring, it can be daughter, son, it can be child. How much more? Listen, we talk about God being a good God. Are we asking him, how much more will he give us exactly what we need? Now, if you ask him this, he's not going to give it to you. He's going to protect you. If you ask for the wrong needs to be selfish on yourself, James tells us, he's not, he's not going to give it to you. He's it, it just not going to do it. But when you ask to do his will, when you ask so that the Holy Spirit can use it in your life, we know that these are good things. How much more? And the word ask here is the same word for desire or crave. It's asked 48 times in the New Testament, 17 times it's desire. And I got a little note there. King James got a small H in it, so I already had it. I, I just noticed it when I was looking at it. I was like, oh my goodness. But uh, that's not neither here nor there. Um, persistent in prayer. Look at, just for cross-reference, I just want you to look at this, and we'll try to move on quickly. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. It's interesting. See, everything that we do should be really directed by the Holy Spirit now, who's leading us in the Word of God. He sent us out to be witnesses for God, and He's equipping us. He's sanctifying. He's cleaning us. Just like I was talking about today with fish, He's going to make us fishers of men. So He catches us first, and then He cleans us, and then we follow that example when He catches us. We go out, and we are casting bait, and our bait is really the Word of God, coupled with the Spirit of God that hooks other people, and they say, what? Are you serious? I'm a sinner? And that there's going to be a judgment for my sin, and I can be righteous in Christ? Because that's what the Holy Spirit comes in the world to do, convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. That's the bait. That's all the bait. But look at 7-11. It's the same verse, but Matthew tells us, and he says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? See, everything that the Holy Spirit gives you is going to be good. You're like, this hurts. This is painful. No, it's good. It's good. God has got you right where he wants you to be. But you have to ask, what is going on here, Lord? What is this about, Lord? How do I deal with this, Lord? How do I? And you ask. But it's a good thing because he works all things out for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But we need to understand it's a spiritual realm. We're spiritual people when we know our father and we become his children. And then we want to let the spirit of God lead us. That is how God is interacting with the children today. His children is this pedagogist or this leader, this teacher that takes us to school, into God's school 101, and teaches us how to die to self, how to be, how to be uh, uh, sanctified or washed and cleansed through the water, Holy Spirit, and through the Word. So it's always going to line up with this. You can't just come and go, well, the Holy Spirit told me. No, does it line up with His character, nature, and His will? Does it line up with His Word? Does it line up with how He was always 
doing what he does because God has not changed one iota. He never will. And nothing you do can change him. You can't sin and change his love. You can't confess your sin and change his love. He still loves you. He's pouring his love out upon you. He loves you with a never-ending love. Now, you might reap what you sow in justice, and, 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 but he still loves you, and he wants you to surrender and draw near to him so that he can use you. So in our text, again, listen to me. Are you praying? Are you persistent in prayer? Are you involving the Holy Spirit in your life personally? Because all the Holy Spirit wants to do, he doesn't want the attention. That's why you're not going to hear me teach about this a lot. The Holy Spirit does not want you to draw attention to him. And a lot of times when somebody says, we're having a Holy Spirit revival, come on down to our church, I say, that's not biblical. Because now you're drawing the attention to the Holy Spirit and you're supposed to be drawing it to Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. So the Holy Spirit wants us to lift up Jesus. The Holy Spirit takes everything that Jesus has, the entire inheritance, his blood, and he wants us to look at that and lift Jesus up. And Jesus always lifts the Father up. See, the same way it came from Father to Jesus to the Holy Spirit to us going out as witnesses, it goes backward the same way. It goes backward the same way. But the Holy Spirit does not want you to point at him he wants you to point at jesus but jesus is always going to point at the father and as we finish up jesus is going to give everything back to the father and he's going to have the bride the church us that are supposed to be uh being um adorned right now using everything that the holy spirit gives us we're supposed to be preparing ourselves for the wedding supper of the Lamb, the consummation of this salvation, uh, delivery back to the Father from our sin nature, from being evil. And I always like to just add in one of the first ever, I mean, one of the first things that God ever said to me when I was reading my Bible, and he showed me that the word evil is live backward. So if you just live without God, it's evil. It doesn't have to be like thou shalt not. Just live separated from God. You're already evil. Your nature is evil. You have a sin nature. But here's the worst part. If you end up dying that way and you have lived, that backwards spells devil. And the devil got you. The devil tricked you. That's all he wants to do is to keep you from believing in Jesus and living and walking in the spirit so that you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He just wants to trick you. And the devil will win if all you did was lived at the end of your life. If that's your testimony, it says on your, your epitaph, lived, the devil got you. Because that's upside down. That's upside down. So anyway, are you praying? Are you asking the Holy Spirit to lead your prayers? Are you praying for the souls of people? Because that's what God's doing. Are you praying that the Holy Spirit will wash and cleanse you as you get into the Word. Next week, Acts 1.8. We're going to spend all lesson on this, Acts 1.8. But you shall, this is Jesus' words, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses for me throughout Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts 1.8.
set it down, meditate on it, uh, and we'll talk about it next week. Amen.